Hey folks, it's David Bourne and welcome to the David Bourne Show, a podcast about personal growth, about creativity, about, well, a lot about the chain cycle. These last few episodes, I've been pretty obsessed with this four-part cycle of change. And so that's what this is about. This is part two of my story of writing about change, where I pretty much got obsessed over the last, oh, I don't know, two years, thinking about change, writing about change, and changing along the way. Imagine that. So I hope you enjoy this uh, this episode. And if you want to get some visuals on how this works, go to davidborn.com slash recreation. That'll give you some things you can use to help you see this visually. Hope you enjoy this one. Welcome to part two of my story. I am David Bourne talking about the recent history in my life where I have been intensely focused on a topic that I started writing about on a whim. Oh, I don't know, about 18 20 months ago, and I thought it would be just a short topic. I could write a short book, and it turned out to be something really huge. It turned into be something that I call a universal principle. Not my name, but it's a word that means, well, universal principle, two words that mean a pattern that is found in lots and lots of places. In other words, universal, a principle a general rule. And what this was started out as what Tony Robbins called the success cycle. Turns out, I thought, you know, this looks a lot like the hero's journey cycle. And sure enough, uh, I learned that it is something known as the change cycle, a four-part cycle that is found in religion, in art, in uh, poetry, in just everywhere. It's universal. It's just, it's, it's how we grow. It's how we learn the scientific method. You have an idea, you, you take some action, you try it out and you get some results. And then those results become a new belief, which is another kind of idea. And then you go from there. You, you continue along those lines or you take a totally different tack. That's how we learn. It seems so simple. Why would you even why would you even call it something? Well, it turns out that those that those four main categories uh, or phases or parts, as I tend to call them, they have characteristics. And those characteristics are where things really get interesting because once you learn the characteristics, you can start to see and understand change and see where you are within the change cycle. And that is very helpful. There are many, many stories that follow this pattern. Like I said before, the hero's journey, maybe maybe you've heard of that. That's something that was uh, discovered uh, by a man named Joseph Campbell back in the 40s and 50s and became super popular whenever uh, the movie industry started using that idea. And so I had been writing about that and I had uh, thought it was just something easy. I was going to make a a book just by exploring the idea and writing down what I'd learned. And I just realized it's such a huge topic that I quickly got overwhelmed and simultaneously just in awe of this idea. I knew it was something that I could think about, write about, 
explore for the rest of my life. And that was a great thing because I, I knew it was something, something great that I had uncovered and, and my obsession with it, my daily writing, but also just thinking about it, um, waking up in the middle of the night, realizing new just insights had come to me about it. You know, that was, it was a great thing. And so I, um, let's see. So this all started, I covered this, by the way, I cover all of this in the uh, first episode of this, this uh, two-part story. It might have three parts. I don't know. Right now it's got two parts. So this is part two. And in part one of this story, I talk about the writing and, and how all that started and some of the details. And so I won't go back into that, but I will say that it's helpful to see the different phases, the different parts, because after writing about it so much, I had, I had evolved, I had changed, I had grown, but I, I wasn't making the complete loop of the cycle. Now, I want to explain this cycle, so that's why I'm using my narrative to do this. So I'll just back up a bit and tell you, I was, I was kind of stuck in part three. So let's back up to part one. Here I am. I'd make a decision to start writing. And I'd, I decided to write a book, which is kind of a courageous thing to do because I've never written a book. And I thought, well, I'm going to write about something I really don't know about. I want to know about it. So I, in a sense, uh, acted like the hero uh, in that I, I jumped into something without really knowing what it was. I started taking action, writing daily, sharing my writing with the writing group that I was in, the Seth Godin's Akimbo writing and community. Wonderful, a wonderful um, writing community to join. It's pretty much ongoing. So my website at davidborn.com has links to that. Um, so I was writing, sharing, learning, looking at all these people around me thinking, wow, they're going through the chain cycle too. This is interesting, especially the people who are doing personal histories Man, that was really fascinating to see them change and grow as I was. And that got me to start thinking about my own personal history. So I started writing about my past and, and looking at how I had changed, particularly issues around life and death, because my dad had died when I was young and my best friend had died um, when we were both 21. So that was a big deal. And I had spent a lot of energy and time processing life and death and the meaning of life and you know, God, and where do we go after we die? Do we go anywhere? These existential questions. And I did it using different forms of creativity over uh, a decade or so in my 20s. I, I wrote about it in graduate school. I made videos about it in, uh, in a different graduate school that I was in. I did, um, I did artwork, painting, drawing, some deep meditation, had some really weird uh, imagery come, come to me that I eventually realized, wow, this symbol, this means this, and this other symbol means that. So it was some really interesting times. And I didn't really, I didn't really know what to make of all that, except that I, I came out with some pretty strong beliefs and some ideas that I, that I wanted spirituality to be a, an important part of my life. And it has been. And I, I recognized that you know, hey, I'm really have worked hard on my personal growth. So as I saw other people writing about their lives in this writing group, and there were a couple hundred people in this group. So I got to read and, and ex experience a lot of amazing stories. I realized, you know, this change cycle, this is a real thing. And uh, like I said, I was amazed by it, was learning a lot, but the cycle, so take an idea 
take action. And the third part is the reflection. And after the third part, you move into this fourth part, which is more of a wisdom where you're gaining some new knowledge. And I was having a hard time moving into that. I knew that something was coming and I didn't know what, but I knew it had to do that I wasn't quite getting into that fourth piece of it. Because in the hero's journey, the hero starts out in part one with a mission. Part two, he meets the villain and does usually battles of some kind. Maybe they're real battles and maybe metaphoric battles. You know what I'm saying? I think we've, we all know the hero's journey pretty well because so many stories follow this pattern. Hero taking action, fighting. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's things within himself. Usually it, it is. You're, you're fighting uh, your own fears within yourself in part two. And in part three, you, you rest, you reflect, and things start to gel. And the creative energies, if, if you allow them to take over and to start changing you based on that action that you've taken, then you can start to see uh, some real changes in your life. And I, I knew I was in that third phase, but I didn't know what the changes really were. So I got frustrated. I quit writing for a while. And this was, oh, I don't know, maybe nine months had gone by at this point. So after the nine months, I thought, you know, I came to this writing group to write a book. I'm going to knuckle down. I'm going to take six months, sorry, six weeks. I'm going to take six weeks and I'm going to focus on getting a book out. So I did that. I, I, this was now the spring of 2021. Remember all of this started uh, in the spring of 2020, where, as you might recall, was the time the pandemic started. So a lot of change for a lot of people. So about a year later, after obsessing over this change cycle, I say, dadgummit, I'm gonna write a I'm gonna write a short book, just focus hard for six weeks and get this thing done. So I started doing that and was making some great progress. And a big part of what I do when I um well just do all the time is I, I research a lot. I read books, I listen to podcasts, a lot of it along the the lines of what would what you'd call self help. Remember I was trying to figure out the meaning of life for for a decade. Started in my 20s, p- focusing pretty intensely on spiritual issues, personal growth. You know, there's a lot of content out there along these lines, just becoming a better person. Well, in one of those things, I listened to a lot of podcasts. And so as I was in this intense crunch, I'm still doing my research and I come across, um, I'm a subscriber to to many kind of self-help type podcasts, including Oprah Winfrey. And she has a, uh, a guest whose name is Martha Beck. And, you know, I knew the name, uh, but I didn't really know much about Martha Beck. I think I had recently heard the name uh, on a, a podcast with, um, with Elizabeth Gilbert. She was on the Tim Ferriss show, which is one I've listened to a lot, you know, big growth hacker, Tim Ferriss, uh, one of the biggest names in, in podcasting, um, working on personal growth and, and high performance. He's moved into more of a spiritual realm, which I think is interesting. And he was talking to Elizabeth Gilbert and Elizabeth Gilbert kept talking about this woman, Martha Beck. This would have been months before the Oprah podcast. I'm sorry, my my um, my timeline is getting screwed up. But anyway, I knew that name whenever mo- whenever. Oprah was talking to Martha Beck. I was like, wait a minute, I've heard about this. Elizabeth Gilbert was talking to Tim Ferriss about Martha Beck. And so anyway, Martha Beck is a life coach and she has 
uh, tons of experience. And she was talking about her new book on integrity. And I immediately thought, wow, I got to read that. That's, you know, right up there in the self-help. And I really liked Martha. She's very energetic and and uh, I thought, you know, I need to get that. So I got on Amazon and got the Kindle book uh, and immediately started reading it. And within just a few pages, I was stunned because I learned that Martha was writing about the four-part chain cycle. And sure enough, there it was. She started spelling it out and how the chain cycle had been a major part of her life And in particular, as she focused on um, a piece of literature, remember the idea of the universal principle, a a major piece of literature um, by Dante Alighieri, Italian poet. Um, I'll bring, I'll put a link on the websites. Uh, I can't remember the exact date, but Dante wrote uh, a work that I had not read, but of course have heard of uh, about... um, heaven and hell and going through purgatory, um, uh, his book on, um, paradise and moving through these four stages. Well, I didn't know it was four stages, but Martha pointed out that he starts out in the, in the deep dark woods. And, uh, there are different typical heroes journey type things happening. I won't go into those details. I'll, I'll, I'll go into those in another podcast, but sure enough, the four cycles are right there. And, you know, I, I never took credit for these four cycles. I just, uh, you know, I just kept seeing it in literature, in art, in science, in, um, just within myself, frankly. And so to have someone as accomplished as Martha Beck, she is, um, you know, Harvard trained PhD and that's interesting. And of course, impressive, but what's really impressive is that she's one of the first life coaches or someone who, uh, gets, actually she gets credit for being called the word life coach, uh, the term life coach. She's one of the first people ever called that. And she's just had a ton of experience and pretty sure Elizabeth Gilbert said that Oprah is, is uh, one of her clients. Um, it's not really important, but all that to say that she's very accomplished. She's worked with hundreds of people. And this change cycle is obviously, if you read her book, The Way of Integrity, uh, you, will, you will see this. So I was stunned by all this and amazed. And uh, on the one hand, I was like, shoot, she wrote the book I wanted to write. I thought that for like 30 seconds. And then I thought, oh my gosh, this is so cool that I've been writing about this for months. And here's somebody in essence saying it's all real. I mean, I knew it was real, right? And you see it everywhere. But then here's someone who's saying, this is all real. This is something we all can use. And this is something that can make our lives better. And that's really what I think I had been working towards this whole time. And so my mind was just blown. I read the book and I just thought, wow, okay. I don't know what this means, but that's a big sign. And, you know, I'm not really a big believer in signs necessarily. I'm not looking for signs. But man, this was just too coincidental. Carl Jung, who I talked about in part one, eminent psychologist, uh, one of the fathers of modern psychology. He had a word, synchronicity, yes, an album, a very cool album from the 80s, was called Synchronicity. The police 
had the synchronicity album and that's probably the first time I ever heard the term frankly and looked it up when I was a kid and it means when things happen that seem way too coincidental they're coincidence but they they seem to that that coincidence in time in your life seems to have some meaning and I'll say this about synchronicity I've I've had it happen in my life before and when you talk about it, it just kind of all doesn't seem as special. But when it's happening, it that's the part and that's the time where you need to be listening. Not when you're explaining it later in a podcast, because you look back on it and goes, well, that didn't, see all that, that didn't seem all that special. If it felt special to you in the time, then it was special. And so I'm telling you, this, was, this blew my mind that, that this book was being written right when I was focusing on, on this. So... I'm still writing this, this trying to get this uh, short book out about the chain cycle. And yes, I'm guilty of continuing to listen to more podcasts. And the next thing you know, I get word that another author is coming out with a book. And this is a book I've been waiting for, people. This is a book written by a woman named Jill Bolte Taylor. And she had written a book many, gosh, almost a decade earlier about her stroke. Here's another Harvard train uh, or working at Harvard, I think she was getting her PhD at the time at Harvard, doing brain research, and she had a stroke as a brain researcher. And I know about this, like millions of other people who watched her TED Talk. She was one of the first TED Talks to go viral. This really amazing talk, I, I watched it again a couple of days ago, and the coolest part is when she she brings out this human brain and shows you the the left side and the right side how they're they're separate yes yet they're connected at the bottom and so these two separate parts of our brains of our brains they communicate yet their jobs are totally different one's a parallel processor and one's a serial processor for those of you who know about computers they just process data very differently and what happened to her is her left side part of her left side of her brain suffered from uh, a, a pretty massive stroke and it went offline. It slowly, she kept going back and forth between the two brains and, and eventually she became kind of like a vegetable, yet miraculously she was able to, to come out of this and heal from this with lots and lots of help from her mother. And she wrote a book about it and talked about her experience. And I was blown away by this because primarily because here is a woman who was telling the world that the right side of the brain, where we uh, get our creativity, where we get uh, our connection to the spiritual, our connection to the oneness of the universe, that it's all real, that it's all there all the time. It's just that our left logical brain is not tapping into it. Or if it is tapping into it, uh, it's not um, tapping into it in a way that it could be. And her big promise at the end of all this was that we can we can use our right side of her brain. And I kind of felt like she left us hanging but she, because she didn't tell us how. She told us that we could and that we should use our right brain more and integrate it into our very dominant left brains, but, uh, she didn't, she didn't really say much about it. And I would follow up 
I remember doing searches to see if she'd written a book and no book. And well, in the spring of 2021, here comes a book right after the Martha Beck book that I read. I realized she had a book and I read it. And guess what? Yes, it is about the four part brain. And I wonder if those four parts echo connect are similar to the four parts of the chain cycle hero's journey recreation cycle, as I call it. Well, yes, indeed it does. It all correlates perfectly. And her reason is, is that the brain is what's doing all this. We don't just have a left and a right brain. She says in the book, she says we are, we could better understand our brains. If we divide them into four parts, we divide it into the, uh, the left higher functioning brain and the left lower functioning brain. That's where our culture tends to, we tend to belong there, meaning not belong there. We tend to focus on those as being the most important. And, uh, that's why we have that, that would be the hero and then, and the villain. So the hero is the more higher brain and she gives character names for this. And what I call my character brain is the captain. So it's the, it's more the person who's in charge and logical and highly educated, that part of us that knows what we're supposed to do, gets us there on time, evaluates whether we did it or not, evaluates others, whether they did their jobs or not. That part of our brain that I call the captain, you call it the CEO brain. Well, it interfaces in time. She says time really only lives in our left brain. It interfaces in time with our lower, more emotional uh, left brain. And um, that I think is the, the more villainous side of things. And um, then we have the right brain, which is if we're going in the cycle. So part one, captain, part two, villain. Part three is more the artistic, not time-based, not uh, timeless, uh, eternal in the sense that not more days on the calendar, but eternal in the sense, timeless, not focused on on the calendar, on the clock. Uh, Just more that part of us that gets lost in, in something that we love. So it's also where our loves live, our artistic loves, our deepest, most creative self, that emotional part of us. The emotions are part two and part three. And as we come back up the cycle, we have, um, that higher part of us. So like the captain, it's a higher functioning, but it is also timeless. So, and it's more mysterious because it is more of a guide character, less uh, logical, illogical in the sense of if you, if we go to the uh, Star Wars model and we think of the Obi-Wan Kenobi who, gosh, he's alive in parts of the story and he's not alive. Yet he's a character in parts of the story. Sorry to give it away if you haven't seen this, but it's the guide part of us. It's the wisdom part of us. It's the more mystical part, the part where uh, Jill Bolte Taylor, the author who is writing all this, that part of her that she would call the oneness, 
that connects with the oneness of universe where, where things are all connected. And, you know, that's the, the more spiritual realm. Our guides, the ones that I had been looking towards in my 20s were, were guides that I found in scripture or in ancient literature or in, in um, you know, those, those folks who were mystics and not exactly rational, not exactly of this earth. So anyway, all that to say, book number two blew my mind. Jill Bolte Taylor's Whole Brain Living. So, wow. All right. I'm almost at 30 minutes at this podcast. So I'm going to wrap up here and say some pretty wild things that happened to me in this crunch time. And all of a sudden, I didn't care about finish this book again. I was like, what just happened to me? I've been writing about this, and here come these two books that just blew me away with the four-part chain cycle. And here's science behind this. Here is massive practical experience behind this. Both In both cases, of both of these amazing authors, Martha Beck and Jill Bolte-Taylor. So, wow, where was I? <laughs> I was still in phase three. I said, started out with this idea, had taken lots of actions, and here I was in stage three, still kind of wondering, all right, what does all this mean? How am I going to move forward? Well, stage four, for those of you who have listened or know this change cycle from other places, stage four is when, uh, as, as Joseph Campbell would say in The Hero's Journey, it's when the hero decides and is able to bring some kind of gift, the word boon, B-O-O-N, not a word we use very much, but bringing a gift to the community, to others, where the hero becomes a guide. He or she becomes a helper and brings something that helps the whole community move forward. That's the eternal message that so many mythologies give us, that so many stories give us in, in our, our modern uh, storytelling. So many of the, um, the epic hero sagas that are on uh, the silver screen follow this pattern. And so I think, and I'm still figuring this out, but over the next few months, this last summer, I realized, you know what? I know something's coming. And what it was, I got an email from Martha Beck. I, I jumped on her mailing list and took one of her art courses. She did a creativity course, which was really cool. I took that to kind of find out what she was like. And I liked her, continued to like her a lot. So I stayed on the mailing list and a mailing, uh, a mail came through kind of like with the Seth Godin email came through and offered uh, life coaching training to become a life coach where I immediately said, Nope, not going to do that. Number one, I don't want to be a life coach. That is too cheesy. Um, and the price was, was pretty significant. And so I thought, you know, okay, maybe I'll do that one day. So I kind of set it aside. Well, my brain, my heart, my soul, it all finally caught up with me. And I started looking back. I knew I was going to be doing this podcast. 
I started looking back and I started going over my my life or my 20s, the things I'd been writing about. And I had been a student of change, a student of, uh, of personal growth, of spiritual growth, really since my early 20s when, when I came to, uh, when I was sort of, well, when I was forced to, to look at life and death so seriously. And I'd done a lot of creative action. I'd gone through the cycles by making things, by meditating a lot. And that's that's one thing that I hadn't talked enough about, I don't think, in either one of these two podcasts. I'll do a whole podcast on, on meditation because all this time I've been meditating um, every day and just sitting and just trying to put all this together. And it just dawned on me by the end of the summer, by, by, the, by the time my birthday came along, I had realized, yeah, you know what? You need to do this, talking to myself. You need to take this life coaching thing seriously. I was really scared to tell my wife about it because I thought, oh no, here she's going to think one more, one more crazy idea from Dave. Well, her answer to me was, this makes more sense than anything else you've ever told me, which was, which was very, uh, I was really gratified to hear that. And I think she was right. I know she's right now because I did start that course. And I am doing life coaching on a regular basis, and it is amazing. And working with this change cycle, and just going back as I made these past two episodes, it's really amazing. I know I've said amazing like a thousand times since I started this recording. Sorry about that. But I just am amazed. And you know what? It's kind of cool to have a life full of amazement. I think it's awesome. And that is what I am going to hopefully do for the rest of my life is stay on this track doing deep dives into the change cycle. So that's what I'm doing. And that's why I've decided to become a life coach. So, wow, this recording is almost over, but I think I got it all in. I've been following my outline and, you know, I think that just brings me to something I want to say to any listeners out there. If any of this resonated with you, I hope you will talk to a life coach or talk to go read one of these books, go listen to some podcasts and ask yourself, is this something I want to take a deep dive into? Because it's some pretty amazing stuff. This universal principle of change, this different characteristics that we find in the different parts of this four part journey. Um, it's an amazing ride. And, and, for those of you who who are part of the Christian tradition, I mentioned in part one a book that's that's really just as amazing as these other two books. There, I'm saying amazing again. Maybe I'll call amazing in the title. That's what I'll do. I'll use the word amazing. So another amazing book by Alexander John Shia, The Heart and Mind. Particularly if you are um, part of the Christian faith, this is profound. Uh, Alexander John has has realized that the four Gospels follow this pattern. And his book will walk you through that. And I was about to say amazing again, but it's astounding. I'll say that. So three books you have there. And, uh, you know, Dante's Inferno is another one you could add to that list. I'm going to go and read that one next, as it was a major part of Martha Beck's um, Life of Integrity or... Um, the integrity book. 
Which, by the way, I'll finish this by saying, if you are an Oprah Winfrey follower, she has named that book as one of her books of her, from her book club. And usually she does not do anything but novels. And this, this one, not a novel, but it was so significant to Oprah and she wanted to uh, turn it into a focus. So I think, I can't remember what she calls her course. Anyway, I'll put the note in the show notes, but she's making this part of her, her, her focus in her Oprah Daily. I think that's what it's called. The Oprah Daily um, program that she does. All right. Well, I hope you've gotten something out of this. I hope you will consider following up on some of those resources and asking yourself if the change cycle is something you want to know more about and do a deeper dive in your life with it. I am David Bourne. You can find resources at davidborn.com slash recreation, spelled like recreation. Uh, you can find a graphic that I put up there last week which is the four parts. There are some names that could help you to get a visual on how this works. There's lots of blank space if you want to do some work using it. Write down a problem, start in part one, take some action, see what you've learned, see if you can get some new beliefs, some new meanings, some new wisdom in part four. Again, you can find that at davidborn.com recreation. And... I'm David Bourne. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.